Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm guessing, just checking my peripheral vision there, Michael was hastily opening the Levi's website. No, absolutely not. I know all the pr- products and services they offer. Don't look at my laptop. <laughs> it's none of your business. Is that what you say to your wife? I'm buying you a present. I don't want you to see <laughs> what's on the screen. Why have you got a VPN running um, and private browsing then? Okay. Um, Look, I'm, I'm all right. I'm looking about um, residential conveyancing, wills, probate, and estate planning, lasting powers of attorney, things like that mm-hmm. that Levi solicitors do. And you can get 10% off all those things, can't yep. you? Litigation as well. Big fans of that. Yeah. Um, commercial property res- uh, disputes. You, yeah, rubbish. Ah, rubbish. Can't even read the website properly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want, I didn't want to. I chose to do it badly just to, just to fall in line with you. Um, legal cost services. I don't think that's one we've mentioned before for business. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, I'll find out what that is for next week. <laughs> Good stuff. There is a 10% discount on all those services. On your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, it's the weekly update then as we head into the um, into the break. And Dan, Michael, Rob here with you on this one. How do you think we've done so far then? It's gone all right. I'm I don't mean us, by the way. I mean, I mean Leeds United specifically. It's actually gone really well. It's just a shame it's gone even better for Leicester and Ipswich. <sighs> don't matter. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. That's just the main thing. It's been fun, and it's been ages since we've had fun. Basically, mm. since you hired me, Leeds have been shit, and I feel slightly <laughs> responsible for all that. It's funny, isn't it, how you scapegoat both yourself privately and your friends and other people <laughs> when you wonder, is it you? Is Have I caused this? Have I upset the universe and the football gods? If you had to score, like do a report card score then, let's say, for Leeds United so far, 11 games into the season... What would you give them and why? It's all new numbers. It's numbers now, isn't it? It's not um, it's not A to F or whatever it used to be. Um, well, we'll, we'll do A to F and you can right. do pluses and minuses. I think, I think we're at least a B. Yeah. Maybe even a B plus. Right. Just, justify yourself first, Normanton, before we get to Rob. Well, because we've had, we've had a lot of upheaval. We've tried to bed in loads of new players, a completely new playing style. The squad is... It was a bit of an unknown, I suppose, wasn't it, at the start of the season? Because you were relying on a few players who were coming down and potentially damaged confidence and all that sort of stuff. And then a load of new players who you weren't sure how they'd fit in. And actually, I, it's gelled pretty quickly. Within 10 games, you can you can completely see what we're trying to do and how we're trying to achieve it, which I think throughout all of last season was never completely clear. We obviously started off with the, the, the penis ball, as expected. 
It was. We were never convinced with it by it, were we? No. Like you saw the opening of the last season, you went, "All right, we've won some games here. Maybe this is going to be all right." But it ne- I never once watched a game and thought we're actually good. We just happened to win some games. I wondered maybe, it, che- maybe Chelsea actually. Maybe I thought we were good. Well, I wondered if maybe we just had to kind of adjust to a new, a new normal, if you like, sort of a uh, a way of viewing the football where Leeds grind results out using that style mm. rather than dominating games as we saw under under Bielsa where we would take the game to other teams and we would sweep them away I thought maybe this is the sensible maybe this is the pragmatic way to do it but it, I don't know it just never passed the sniff test did it what about you Rob what, what do you uh, think of this season so far I think Michael like a very solid B plus and I think the fact it's not an A isn't really any of the players or managers fault it was just kind of... It's Leicester's fault. Cause the, well, because the <laughs> summer was a mess as well and it's mm. all the people that just sort of buggered off and left us as fault. But I just think if it was just Farker, he'd be like in an A because I think it, it, it's probably gone as well as it could have gone, I feel like. I think my kind of hopes coming down, like my really optimistic side was like, oh, we'll, we'll keep Harrison, Adams, Sinistera, mm. we'll get rid of all the shit and we'll have a really good team left. And actually, a lot of those good players that I wanted to stay have left and you can't really tell the difference. We've yeah. replaced them really well. The playing style's fun to watch. I do enjoy watching Leeds now, and you actually get the sense we're getting better and just getting used to things more as well, and I think that's really exciting. Like We're still so early in it, which I think you, you kind of forget, and you forget what a slog the championship is. We're sort of slowly remembering it now with kind of three-game weeks and things like that. But yeah, we're dealing with it really well, and the fact that we lost to Southampton weren't great there. And you might have had a wobble then, but actually we just got straight back on it. We've been really good again. I was really pleased with that. Just the the feeling of Southampton happening, I suppose because of the fragility of the last couple of seasons. And we saw it happen at Palace, for example, where things were going all right. Then it was able to flip so dramatically. You went, oh, I hope that's not damaged confidence. And but actually, as it is, you can look at them as a three game a three game block, and you can go six points from nine. It's fine. Do that mm. all season. Go up. And I like everyone as well. Which I think is a big mm. part of it. Like a lot of that team last year and the manager and the owners and everything, I just looked at it and thought, don't like you. Whereas this year I think, no, he's good. I like him. He's fun. He's good. He's doing his job properly. I like that. Mm. Like, it's just, it's nice to watch. And we should really be much more in touch with the top of the league than we are. Like Ipswich and Leicester have had ludicrous starts. I can't remember, I did the math on the match ball, didn't I, saying, I think if they finish on the same points per game, Leicester will have 125 points and Ipswich will have 125. 18 or something which they're not going to do because they would both be ridiculous record scores like, typically 100 points is good in a season like that would that would itself be a, a remarkable achievement and 100 points would put top of the league on 24 mm-hmm. if they were kind of on par with 100 points across the season so to have Leicester on 30 isn't fair is what I'm going <laughs> to propose but I, I suppose the other thing is that I look at like Leicester obviously are really good Ipswich have come up with a lot of momentum and look good as well but we have beaten them and I do look around the playoffs and I think and outside of it no one's that good no I mean you know there's the potential for Egg to land firmly on your face isn't there but yeah we've beaten Ipswich Preston have just had a little wobble and have fallen off a little bit Sunderland took a bit of a heavy pace in at the at the weekend Birmingham were pretty crap and, we, and have just appointed Wayne Rooney yeah. or if they haven't they're about no, to it's been announced yeah. and it's, it's been announced there's just a lot of kind of much and much as we were miles better than Hull should have beaten Cardiff, but for that early season wobble. So yeah, you look down it and you go, yeah, we'll, be, we'll probably be all right. I think I, th- I think on my early season assessment, we are probably the second best side in the division. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm sure Ipswich fans would, you know, 
would argue they are. Yeah, you've got to take it on the balance of the whole results. Of course you do, yeah. But I would argue we should have another, at least another couple of wins on top of what we've got, which, yeah, would, we which would put us in third place at least. There's only really Southampton that's been, I suppose, a, a complete surprise to us this year as a, as a game where you, you turned up expecting a lot better because Birmingham wasn't great, but it was very early. Sinistera and Nonto weren't playing, were they? Because there was all, all that stuff had, had kicked off that week. So it, there were reasons for that, I think. And plus it was still very early in the season to get those the rest of the team bedded in and actually learning how to play together so I can kind of accept it the Sheffield Wednesday home game we should have beaten them because it, it turns out they're absolutely shite so no matter how much you're bedding in we should have just beaten them because they're mm-hmm. useless yeah. on the league table like as much as I, I do occasionally check it and I'm glad that we're in the top six and things like that but it just changes so quickly and I was mm-hmm. thinking back to our last promotion season when we 12 points clear at one point and then blew that and mm-hmm. then still ended up winning it by 10 points and then Last season, there was the start about, it was like QPR and who was it that went down? That were in the, Reading were. They were basically in the playoffs all season mm. and then got relegated. And like I was, was it Coventry and Sunderland who were not in it at all and then suddenly um, got into the playoffs and finished there. Like, it's, it's so long to go and yeah. it changes so quickly. And as much as there might be, like Phil Hayes' piece in the Athletic after the game was all about the gap to the top two. And as much as it could, it can look big, it can also change in like two weeks' time. Yeah, so it can. And it doesn't feel like we're going to be exposed to, hopefully, I mean, every team does have a wobble over the course of the season, but it does feel like in the way that we dealt with Southampton, which was just to come back and win two games, that we, we will never get mired, hopefully, in a sustained period of poor form. We'll hopefully, if and when we lose, which we inevitably will in this division, the occasional game, we should hopefully be able to shake it off and then just um, come back and... And just carry on going, just carry on going, carry on racking up the wins. Hopefully, as well because we've got generally better players than most teams. It's not like in the Premier League where you might get a run of, you might get Chelsea, Arsenal, even someone who are, who's not brilliant. Someone like Brighton, you might look at a, get you know, a good mid-table, say Villa. Maybe you'd look at them this year and you go, right, well, if we've got them four in a row, we're going to lose them. We have to wait until we play Forest at home in three weeks before we've got a chance of getting any points. Whereas in this league. You've always got a reasonable shout. I think you? I expect us to win every week. Like, yeah, I know we won't, but I expect us to go into every game with a shout of winning. Then I guess is the better way to describe it. Um, yeah, B, 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 B plus. Are we going to settle on overall? I'd say B plus. I think so. I think so. And, and probably have to give because we were saying how the season started and the summer started with everyone getting out to have salvaged it from that point because there were there were bits in pre season I have to say where I was thinking we were fucked here. Like it's this is going to be a very much mid-table finish because it looks like all the good players are leaving. We've not yet fully, I suppose we've not done as much recruitment as we were had hoped to do early, and then we still didn't quite know if like judging you know, Ruta was any good. Whereas now we've seen him for eleven games, you're like, oh no, he's actually brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's probably one of the best players, and he probably is the best player in this league. I won't really want to swap him for anyone at the moment. So we've got more of a handle on it, and it's. The whole feel has turned around so much, hasn't it, from the end of last season? Just going back to what, to what Rob was saying about liking them all, it goes back to the thing that we saw in play when Bielsa was here, which was the club unifying behind a single thing, and it feels like we're heading that way again. Like everyone's on the same page again in terms of like you know from recruitment to Farkas' role as manager to the boardroom, they all seem fairly aligned, and and I think the fans are now. Well, I think they always were on board because Leeds fans, you know, support whatever's going on, but. We've now seen the evidence with our eyes, haven't we? That um, this is a pretty decent thing that's happening, and it feels like there's a there's a unity just forming now um, behind Farker, and it's um, 
it's hard to stop, isn't it, when you start building up that sort of momentum. It's hard to stop um, a thing like this in, in this division as well. Momentum is everything. I was going to say, you said it's building up behind Farker as well. I think that's the key. Like, he's just handled this ridiculously well, I think. Mm. He's sort of managed it upwards really well, considering you know there's been a takeover and we've all been probably sceptical about the owners during the summer. So then we've been really sceptical about a lot of the players and he's just managed it all well and it feels like everyone's delighted with him mm. and loves him. Like You think the owners must love him, the players seem to really like him, the fans absolutely love him. Yeah, I can't, considering... You know, I did think his appointment made the most sense, but I, given what happened to him at Norwich, it was a bit like, oh, okay, it's that guy. Mm. But I love him. <laughs> He's just done so well. And there's very much, I think, a sense of we need to walk before we can run here, and that is to build the team to get out of this division and hopefully do it. And then we'll worry about what comes next in the Premier League next, rather than the kind of, you know, we looked at when we were when we were trying to get promoted under, under Bielsa and then Jean-Kevin Augustin is your is your signing and it's essentially what you know you, you commit into a 20 million pound transfer which gets billed as a 40 potentially 40 million pound player if he rediscovers his form just that kind of really sort of sense of it being a bit of a long shot and a bit of a mm. punt and taking a chance on this player who could be worth x million if he's on form and stuff actually just go for those kind of absolutely solid things that make sense like Joel Piru for example yeah Kamara as well was really good at the weekend and just having some midfielders it's just yeah. something we've not experimented with for ages. Mm. Just like if someone's, if someone else needs resting, you've got another one that you can play. You don't have to put Robin Cock there or make Strauch play there or move a winger in. Like the whole, it, the whole thing of just having enough players in the right positions. I know we're still arguably left back is an issue still because mm-hmm. Byron's been brilliant, but outside of him, I'm not convinced we've got actual any actual cover there. Mm. And I know Junior Furpo's going to be fit one day, but. Is he? It, it will be. It will be for a day, though. We have to. We have to accept that it's going to be. He's going to play maybe like three games and he'll be injured again. And it's probably quite telling that he will have had the same escape clauses as everyone else this summer. And no one, no one's coming for him. Well, we've we've ranked the team there, rated them on the old um, report card score scale. Should we dive into some of the players next week? Maybe I was going to say because we're in the international break, not a lot going on. We'll obviously round up what mm. happens in the internationals if if and when our players feature, but. Maybe to have a little bit of a deep dive and, and score some of the players on the report card score. Should we do that next week? Yeah. yeah. Um, something to do, isn't it? Yeah, with regards to, to individuals, you mentioned Jack Harrison in passing there. Uh, you see his comments over the weekend about playing in front of fans who appreciate it. And a lot of people took that as a as a dig or something like that against Leeds fans. It wasn't. He never mentioned Leeds in his comments, did he? No, he's the most like anodyne, banal guy mm. ever, isn't he, Jack Harrison? I think if anyone's getting upset by what he's got to say of all people, I think you probably just need to go off Twitter for a bit, to be honest. He's a people pleaser, isn't he? Yeah. He spoke positively about about Jesse's mother, Mother Teresa. Yeah. Was it Mother Teresa? can't remember. Was it Gandhi? I can't remember who it was now. Mother Teresa, <laughs> I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was a Gandhi. I think he brought up Gandhi himself, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, but I think Jackie was like, oh, no, it was quite good. And you think, oh, he's trying to see the best. <laughs> bless <laughs> the bless rest you. Of us are like, mm. Bless you for your optimism, uh, Jack. Uh, another wide man who was left. We've finally had confirmation that Helder Costa has gone. It was announced last week that he'd left the club by mutual consent and sent on his way with um, with good wishes, which runs counter to some of the messages or lack of messages that, uh, should we say, were not put out by the club for players who have gone this summer, who got very short, perfunctory statements on the website. That was a bit over the top, really, for a moment. <laughs> a man who's just got to pay off. I don't know. It never quite worked, did it, for Costa? I know he did play a part in the promotion, but he wasn't he wasn't the player we 
probably ever quite expected. It was a, it was a cog in the machine, wasn't it? I think, and that's when you, when you look at like the Bielsa promotion and how that functioned and the system he was trying to set up. It made more sense in a way, didn't it? That you there's not really room for that much flair because it's it's more of a functional unit, if mm. that makes sense. So maybe he couldn't shine as best as uh, we'd seen elsewhere and in his previous well, career or prior to his injury. I don't know. It just yeah, I think. I think there was room for flair, but you had to be really good, like Rafinha, whereas Costa was just like fine, mm. wasn't he? I don't have any ill feelings towards Helder Costa. I think it's a bit strange how his career's gone. But yeah, he's, he's still of, in his twenties, and so, so he's been in this zone of seemingly no one willing to have him. And it's like he got that move to Valencia on loan, and you think bloody hell, his agent's done well there. And then it seems like everyone's caught on to it. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe not that level. Yeah, I, guess. I, don't, I don't actually look at him and go, yeah, we're not, we can't really start him. It'll mm. be interesting to see uh, where he ends up. It feels like somewhere in the Middle East again, doesn't it? Maybe. Probably. If they'll have him. Yeah. For the sort of... Or maybe back in Portugal. For the kind of money you might be asking, it's probably... It's probably a bit of a step down to his lifestyle to stay in a major European league because he'd be getting a pay cut, I would guess. Whereas you go to the Middle East, you'll probably get similar, similar-ish wages, even if the level's not great. Yeah. But, yeah. I suppose we, we kind of replaced... Sold Jack Clark and replaced him with held a cost didn't we at the time which, which at the time made logical sense because mm. Clark had been a bit part player he'd only actually had half a dozen good games for us hadn't he whereas Costa had, was a bit more proven he'd already got out of this league he played Premier League all this sort of stuff but yeah you mean you mentioned Rafinha there it was really the day Rafinha turned up and it was like oh, okay Costa's just never going to play is he <laughs> no because I think I mean, considering Bielsa normally likes to keep people for like six months without using him didn't he Rafinha, I think, came off the bench fairly early on, and it pretty much instantly it was in the team. So everyone was like, "Yeah, he's just, he's just class. Yeah. He's, just, he's just obviously a huge upgrade on everything we've got." God, so he was good, wasn't he? Just put him in. I'm saying I'm talking about him then, like he's dead. He's not dead. <laughs> he's just dead good. It's nice to see him and his missus still using that um, pink Legion United dog lead as well. There were, there were photos around the time when he signed for Barcelona when they were pictured with their puppy um, with the pink dog lead still getting used. That's good. That is nice. So efficient. He's. Keeping the thing. So he, he loves leads. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Did he, I heard he all kinds of leads outside the East Stand and cries. cries. Yeah, yeah. Gets uh, budget flights back in on EasyJet just so he can sit outside the East Stand balling, like Alan Smith did. Uh, in terms of former players, Berardi, our columnist, no less. Indeed, Gitano Berardi now has a job uh, coaching the under 19s at Brescia, who are owned by Massimo Cellino. I was writing in the daily email last night that you know he's he's worked for us for what, two issues. And your coaching expertise, Michael, mm. he's already rubbed off. He's got a gig straight away. Wow. I'm what, one, what, have been, what have you been telling him? I'll be the one pulling the strings <laughs> at Brescia under-19s for sure. <laughs> on the phone to me. Yeah, yeah, what are you doing? Hard kicking today. Yeah, more of that, more of that. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he knows about hard kicking, does Brady, in yeah. fairness. But yeah, good luck to him. It's, he'll probably be manager within three months, six months. Then he'll get fired within another three months. Then he'll go back again and then well, we'll wish him well. I was writing yesterday, maybe he's like the coach that Chilino's always needed just because I think Chilino might be too scared to sack him mm. if you look Possibly. at Berardi you think he's probably just going to grab me by the throat here. I bet it's not <laughs> then maybe he's the long term coach for him like, yes sir yeah. there's also um, Chilino has got I was going to say a former Leeds player he never actually signed for us but have you seen who he's got in his Brescia squad who he did try and bring to Leeds ooh Tabanelli pa- Pavoletti no. <laughs> no there's a lot of these <laughs> <laughs> someone else that ends in T um, or Viviani. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, he's finally got him to agree to join his club. Actually, he came to that Leeds pre-season friendly. Um, wrapping up, what's been going on with the uh, the other teams away from the first team? 21s? They won 4-1 one, 
against Luton on Friday night. It was in the Premier League Cup, which I don't really know what that is, to be honest. It's just one of these daft cup competitions they've got. But yeah, scored some good goals. Lewis Bates got a really good goal at the end. And Did he still look worried? He, he looks really small, actually. I feel like he's getting smaller, which is slightly worrying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Luca Thomas came into the team and he's a striker who was scored loads of goals for the under-18s. He started for the under-21s in the first game of the year. He's got a hat-trick, but then he's kind of been in and out of the team. Uh, but he scored again. He was back starting in the number nine shirt, which meant Sean McGurk, who's been wearing the number nine weird, uh, recently, which is weird because he's tiny. He was back into like his more natural position. But yeah, some good goals. Uh, McGurk, McGurk's got a free kick. Um, I can't remember who I scored now. But yeah, it's, it's strange because Matteo Joseph and Joffe, they're still sort of needed to uh, to warm the bench for the first team. The 21s have kind of been left without a striker. But yeah, Luca Thomas is a bit of a different kind of player, but he's a bit of a Max Dean in that he's still really young and stepping up and seems to be enjoying it. And uh, women lost 4-3 at Hull uh, to play FC United of Manchester, which is tonight as we record this, which is Wednesday, so it'll be probably last night as it as this mm. comes out. That's not a real team, is it? So um <laughs> don't know what's going on there. Well, that's, that's been allowed to happen. I've got some real teams as well. Yeah. Halifax. Oh, they're F- Halifax FC, which mm-hmm. is... It's old Halifax Town, isn't it? Uh, they have been drawn at home in the National League Cup and yep. then in the FA Cup, which is, I believe, is the third qualifying round. I'm not sure how many there are, but Chester away. Yeah. Chester, real football club. Mm. I don't know if they play at Chester's ground. Do you know the interesting fact about Chester's ground? No. Is that something about it being in Wales as it's, well? It's half and half, yeah. There I think like the, um, the main stand is in England and part of the pitch is in Wales, which is absolutely nuts. If you look at it on a map, yeah, the line goes straight down the side. So like, the registered office is in is in England, but then the actual pitch or part of it is in is in Wales. It's a bit like when we did that chariot walk from Wales and we were in Wales for about 50 metres. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it sound like it was it a was short a, distance. It, it was an international cross-border <laughs> trek, Rob. Don't do it down. And finally, you were in um, Sheffield, weren't you, Rob? Scrapping. I was not scrapping. Watching the scrapping. Watching the scrapping. It's actually the first time I've been to a Josh Warrington fight and the only fighting was in the ring. Um, it's usually usually kicks off in the in the crowd, and there was a lot of expectation for it this weekend because Josh and his army of Leeds fans were going down to Sheffield, uh, where he was fighting Lee Wood, who's a big Nottingham Forest fan. So there was loads of Forest fans there as well. Which there was expectations that Sheffield City Centre was going to be carnage, but it was pretty calm from what I saw. It was good, albeit we got to our seats, and the guy who was sitting next to my friend started telling us that he was like Manchester amateur boxing champion. But then he got his license taken off him because he'd been to prison. But he was like, "But no, I'd, I'd be. You should be watching me tonight. I'd be kicking these heads in both of them." And I was just like, "Oh, oh here it goes. Here's the man that's going to punch us in the face." But he was actually all right. But yeah, the fight itself, probably the most gutted I've been from a sporting result for years. I've written about it on the blog about the whole weekend, but sort of making the point that Leeds United was so pathetic getting relegated last year was kind of hard to get too annoyed at because it was like yeah we're rubbish we're going down whereas this like Josh was kind of the underdog going into the fight and he was amazing he was brilliant and winning the fight looking fantastic and then at the end of the seventh round just got caught and it was all done maybe a bit harshly but yeah it was really strange like it was so the atmosphere was amazing so exciting and then like within a few seconds it was just done and I looked around and the block I was in had kind of emptied and it was just like oh right, we've got to go home now, haven't we? Mm. Like the, the fun has stopped. But um, yeah, I've sort of written about the blog about how uh, I sometimes worry we don't appreciate what Josh has done enough, even though he has got a fantastic backing. I think like 
in terms of people who have represented Leeds at sport, he is right up there. And I think the way he has kind of brought glory to Leeds in between kind of fallow years for Leeds United and the Rhinos, we should really celebrate that more. And the way he the way he fought at the weekend was amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I always think about when it comes to boxing. I always imagine you boxing, Michael. <clears throat> Be pretty good at like, it. <laughs> Stop hitting me. I could probably have won all those belts if I'd have felt so inclined. Uh, uh, genuinely, if you stepped into a boxing ring, how long do you reckon you'd last? Uh, it's really One punch, it, two? It, oh, I mean, if I get hit, it's over. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do, do a lot running of, round. I'm going to do a lot of avoidance. <laughs> it's going to be very defensive. Um, yeah, I, th- I always think that when the stop fights, because I, w- I, uh, I, w- I did watch the fight and you can sort of see that people would have wanted it to continue because it was mm. kind of at the end of a round wasn't it and he, he could have been allowed a bit of time to maybe settle himself because you you have seen fights in the past where people have come back from seemingly being like almost out to actually win it Leewood himself had a very similar kind of thing where he got knocked down at the end of a round and was given a minute to recover and then he had this like this, this stunning win in the last mm. second which I guess is what Josh would have wanted but he did look ugly at the same time mm. yeah but then equally there's the sort of sensible bit and he's like god don't let him get just don't let him get any more. Christ. Let him let him like fight to see another let him fight another day. Well, um that's the thing as well. So Lee Wood, massive Nottingham Forest fan. He was promised if he won that fight, he would fight at the city ground next summer at the end of the football season. And he needs someone that will help him full it. Mm-hmm. And Josh Warrington with the, the lead support is probably that guy. The fight was really close. The first fight they've just had, bit of a contentious stoppage. So you sort of think, cool, let's all go down to Nottingham next <laughs> summer, we'll do it again. <laughs> The Square Ball Podcast. Does Brendan Aronson just need more confidence? That was one of the questions we asked on this week's members show. Because I don't know how much more confidence he needs living in Berlin unless he's been wandering around deserted warehouses in a long coat listening to industrial noise. Terrified, locked in the the basement of a sex club. (laughs) With techno pumping in the distance. Where's Milana? To listen to the members show, get priority access to the match ball and all our shows ad-free, become a TSB Plus member at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, welcome. Court is now in session. Uh, I've got my robes on. If you're watching the video version, welcome to the show. Obviously, now we're in court. Brought to you with Levi's Listers, isn't it? It is, yeah. 10% discount on your legal fees, levislisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. They do do litigation as well, which is essentially what we're here for. We're here to litigate on who should be the villain of the week and the hero of the week. <laughs> we can take some cheap shots, assign some petty grievances, celebrate some um, heroics, doffs of the cap, that sort of thing. And thanks to Gillian who did make this. This is my, uh, it's my, is it the, uh, it's the murder cloth, isn't it? If you're going to sentence someone to death. We've not done that yet. Not yet. Feels like an extreme measure. Not yet, but we've not talked about Keith Stroud yet, so... Should we get into the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award? Um, where does Keith Stroud come into this then? Is he is he being nominated by you, Michael, or by you, Rob? Uh, I'll, I'll nominate him. Yeah. I've, me and, I feel like me and Keith have got a bit of previous... Mm, leading candidate. You can add witness statements to this as well. People have sent in um, feedback, our TSB Plus members, about uh, why they think these individuals or entities should be the Ken Bates Villain of the Week. Mm, I, did, um, I, I did go back and watch portions of this game just to be petty about Keith Stroud because oh. I wanted to double check he was a, as bad as I thought he would even even though he didn't make any actual game changing decisions in this in the way he has in the past sometimes I think Philip actually sums it up quite well in his comment he says dickhead ref for basically guessing at least half the decisions in the game oh yeah which I, th- I got the impression he was doing that and he was he, he, I don't know he felt like he got in his own head a bit and was like oh, I've already given a couple. I should really give one the other way, but it, it, every one of them was guessed and became more guessed. But he's got a very like he's very pointy as Shroud when you watch him talking to players. Like he's really explaining his decisions. Like I have guessed this, so please don't dispute it because I myself am not so sure, and I don't want to have to justify it. He's got mm. that kind of a vibe about him. So I went back and checked a couple of bits. The worst one that he missed probably was when Ampadu was running out with the ball, passed the ball, got. Fouled very obviously. Stroud was a, I'd say, was about an inch from this. It happened directly in front of him, and he's yeah. pointing at the ball. I mean, like, yep, that's the ball that Ampadu has, has just passed that you've missed there. Um, and then when they played the ball forward again, he then gave the softest free kick in the world on against Joel Pirro. I remember that's when the crowd kind of turned. Yeah. Did it? Yeah, I it was that. right to turn. Yeah, that it was a really obvious foul on Ampadu, a complete non-entity of a challenge by. I've just realised to call him Pirro. We we did the pronunciation, didn't we? Pirro. Pirro. Yeah. Pirro. Joel Pirro. Um, and the other one was a, a two-footer on Dan James, which looked awful from from one of the angles that, again, Stroud just didn't even give a free kick for. It's the sort of thing that would probably be looked at by VAR and given as a red, but Stroud was just like, nah, fine, championship, do what you want, do what you want. But he didn't cost us, thankfully. And as if by magic, I've hopped over to the propaganda notes that we've got from earlier in the week, and I've found the clip of the pronunciation that Michael's just referring to there. This is where he's saying it. What, what language do they speak in Dutchland? It's, it's, it is Dutch. Right. <laughs> Dutch, yeah. d- Dutch, n- Netherlandish. Mm-hmm. And this is him. Well, you can figure out what he's saying, actually. Ik ben Joel Piro. Ik ben 50 years old. He's Joel Piro and he's 50 years old. 15 years old. Yes. Uh, and again? Joel Piro. Joel Piro. Joel Piro. Joel Piro. So there we go. Any objections to, uh, to Stroud? Or should we uh, just give it to him? I mean, I do have a nomination. But <laughs> I must admit, I've uh, I've not even seen the full game back, so I can't comment on Keith Stroud. Ah, I just know his history, mm. which is all you need to know. I think. Yeah, there are farm there's farmyard chat in some of the stuff that's coming, but that's probably best left off the recording. There's only one thing he's leaving off. It's Keith Stroud. Mm. Yeah, those poor poor football fans. 
Yes, you'll have to watch him <laughs> referee. Who are you uh, nominating, Robin? I am going to nominate Kai Naismith, who was the goal scorer at the weekend. As Jelly says, celebrated his equaliser like we were supposed to have any idea who the fuck he was when his Wikipedia reads like a who's who of Simpot Shithole Football League landfill. Which is a superb <laughs> That's a great point, isn't description. It? But yeah, he scored, which was unnecessary of him. And then also afterwards he gave an interview where he was saying that they essentially gave us too much respect and we're not the Leeds United of uh, a couple of years ago in the championship. And you think, well, why did you lose to us then? <laughs> Come beat us. It's, not, it's not the W that you think it is. Yeah, that, is exactly. Why, why didn't you create any chances apart from from set pieces? Yeah, so he can piss which, off, quite frankly. Which is cheating. I mean, he's caused me no misery. I didn't even know who he was apart from for that two-minute segment when he scored and gave it the big I am. So it's, it's hard to look past for Stroud's misdeeds. Although we should give a mention to, to Nick London. Who? Um, QPR, I follow guy. Ah, yes, that guy. Yeah, for... Uh, for calling Patrick Bamford a cheat, uh, which he's, he's not, is he? Um, well, I mean, I mean, he's not. Well, he was he was jumping to get out of the way. Wasn't Begovic our villain of last week? Because it was such a horrendous challenge. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Actually, you're right. In fact, one of the um, Andrew got in touch. He he is nominated the corrupt league for letting Begovic off that horror tackle. Yeah, because it was rescinded, wasn't it? I mean, he did genuinely come out with a foot knee height. Which goalkeepers Bam- can do what they want. Bamford was within his rights to get out of the way from that I think why did he fall over shall I tell you why <laughs> shall I tell you really quick shall I tell you shall I tell you why he fell over because of this Begovic just helps it past him oh there's no touch he's a diving cheat Bamford the cheat will take the free kick there you go that was more, another clip from propaganda another cheat um, who has been nominated actually is Naki Wells Lee and Cheese um, for his time wasting theatrics and fake injury walking out on prop <laughs> crutches with a pretend boot on Almost as convinced as Chris Basham, not fooling us. <laughs> That's really tickled me, that. That Chris Basham one, have you seen it? I, I actually, like Sam, my lad, was uh, he was trying to show it to me. I was like, do you know what? I don't need to mm. see that. Yeah. I, saw, I saw this still, and occasionally the video would come up on Twitter. I was like, I'm just scrolling past this. So is it a full on floppy it. ankle? Yeah. Hey, I don't need to see that. It looks, it, can you see through the socket? It, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look rounded. It looks almost sharp. <laughs> yeah, it's really grim. Like a broken bone almost. Yeah, like that. Yeah. A lot like that. Yeah. Um, right then, some other petty grievances, and we can take some cheap shots if you want. Let's just uh, quickly rattle through these. Who've we uh, who've we picked out from all the uh, various nominations? TJ rightly nominating Bristol City because they had a lad named Yeboah on the bench and they didn't bring him on. Yeah, Ephraim Yeboah, no less, which sounds like a proper football manager regen, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. It does. Yeah, uh, joining of two leads players from different ends of the scale. Yeah, in fact, I exchanged messages with Johnny Cooper because jo- uh, Johnny, who works at Opta, we're going to do a show. Uh, that's going to come out just after the weekend, after the international break weekend, talking about the uh, the season so far in numbers. But he actually messaged me and said, just found out Bristol City have a player called Ephraim Yeboah, combining short-term uh, 2009 Leeds loanees with great 90 strikers. Bound to score. There's a shout for Scott McTominay as well, from Dublin Leeds fan Stephen, uh, for scoring those two goals and uh, depriving us of two glorious weeks of scum meltdowns. Albeit there's probably some humour in the fact he's kind of just prolonged it. Instead. I was going to say he drags it out, doesn't yeah. it? Keeps it keeps it going for it's a bit. It's a bit like longer. the end of Solskjaer's reign, isn't it? Yeah, you're already feeling like it's clearly gone wrong. But if you win occasionally, just it just keeps it rolling along, doesn't it? And I tell you, a good uh, a good cheap shot nomination from Sarah actually for Gardner Hickman, which is a petty grievance of of having too many letters in his name, and so 
the numbers on his shirt had to be lowered. Was that the number 22 by any chance? Very curvy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name. Yeah. Do they have big... Because Gardner Hickman doesn't... Fit, I'm sure there must be longer names, but it was really pronounced the curve in it, wasn't there? Well, I do know that in the Premier League, the Premier League lettering system has a narrow font version for longer names. Like if you were going to put Alexander-Arnold mm. on the shirt, you can use the narrower letters, for example. But EFL's poxy, isn't it? So <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But I, did, I noticed that from my seat, my perch up in the um, in the East. I was like, I've no idea what his name is, but that's really big because it was almost like a rainbow style mm. um, lettering pattern. Who's having it then? Stroud? Um, I feel like Stroud deserves it. I mean, you know, we'll have another chance because he's a pure championship isn't he? So we'll have him again. It does feel like square ball tradition that if he refs is, he's a villain. And we won two games, so... Yeah, I mean, nobody's really caused me much grievance this week, so nah. yeah, I'm happy to... Uh, yeah, yeah, fine, happy to assign that to, to him. Congratulations, Keith. Another great award. You went a trip to Temple Newsome Farm. On to the... Um, on to the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week Award. Gitano Baradi himself needs a mention as well for getting himself a new job and for tolerating much. <laughs> Massimo Cellino potentially for a bit as a coach of uh, Brescia under-19s, as we mentioned in the weekly update. Right, um, in terms of numbers, where are we? Just very quickly on the like the player of the year and the player of the match scores for Bristol game. Archie Gray. 8.56 average out of 10. That's our TSB Plus members, by the way, scoring people out of 10. But yeah, no one was bad, essentially. Pat Bamford was and, and Cooper were bottom of the list but just the subs basically isn't I was going to say yeah. just people who didn't get much time Grove and Ailing and Anthony all down the bottom of it but everybody seven and above basically everyone who played yeah played much of the game did fine so yeah it's quite nice isn't it and uh, player of the year Ethan Ampadu out in front of the minute leading from uh, from Archie Gray which I think is fair for Ampadu mm-hmm. right so let's um, factor in those scores then when it comes to picking hero of the week we can pick one hero of the week we can issue some formal commendations doff the cap if we like as well who is taking on the first nomination then, Michael or Rob, and who are you going for? Uh, I'll step up first. I'm not sure if he's won it yet this season, but I mean, it, it was a pretty steady week, wasn't it? But I think I'm going to nominate Sam Byram. Uh, as Rachel says, Sam Byram is a hill I'm prepared to die on this season. Brilliant again, and his header off the line late in the second half was crucial. And I think it was, was it after the QPR game where we'd watched it and I was just saying, I can't believe that what this team needed all along was Sam Byram at left back. But he's just made it better he, he makes us feel safe even though he's a right back he just does everything right it's a great story that he's back in Leeds he's buzzing to be playing he's allowing Jamie Shackleton to play with his hero it's just a great story and we were talking over on the main show about um, just how we like everyone again I think he's a big part of that I really like Sam Byron very good Michael counter that argument if you so desire I think it's only fair to mention the other fullback. Who wasn't, who wasn't a fullback until the weekend? Now what? he's the best fullback in the world. The child fullback. The child fullback. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, misbehaving when bathing, when bathing, bathing, sums it up <laughs> I, I thought you were trying to be very street then. No. He says, I have a pride in Archie um, that is, is ours, which I shouldn't really have. He's not my kid. Yeah. Which is fair. <laughs> I think it, there's a feel good of having those two, because even though Sam Byron is now a 30-year-old man, <laughs> I still go, God, it's little Sam Byron on the wing. Yeah, you ruffle his hair. Lovely stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's obviously far too old for that now. But yeah, I mean, Gray's just, he's just so good. And there's a chance we might keep him as well. Because I've had this before with Fabian Delph when he turned up. And because we were in League One, you every time you watched him, you were like, oh, he'll be gone soon. You knew, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, you were like, well, it's only a matter of time. If we get to keep him through a transfer window, we're probably doing well here. But with Gray, because we're up near the top of the league and we might go up, you, I can play out a full fantasy in my head where we go up and he stays for the next 10 years. 
and captains as to you know winning some stuff breaks the appearance record this like. is just a football manager save that you're describing isn't it this yes. is how it'll ideally work on the new one I mean I might I've, I didn't buy the last one I might buy the um I might buy the new one and go into the editor before it starts and just make Archie Gray the best player in the world. I did, I did look the other day when it, the new one comes out because I thought, oh, this Leeds team will be really good. <laughs> he might already be the best player in the world, you don't know. Should be. He mm-hmm. absolutely should be. But yeah, just just what a performance to be to be dropped in at right back and to be, to be targeted as well because they definitely were, were going at him, the big diagonal balls. Mm-hmm. And he was just calm on the ball. He was taking it past people. He was def- defensively got isolated one-on-one a few times, made really good tackles. I think he could probably play anywhere because we've already seen him play a couple of different roles in midfield, haven't we? Now at right back, I mean, someone in the comments said, you know, he, could he be like a Stuart Dallas? But truthfully, he's probably better than Stuart Dallas, isn't he? Dallas was like a, he was almost unexpectedly good in every position was Dallas and he it was late in his career that this happened. This is right at the start of Archie Gray's career and he looks ace. He is ace. It's going to be hard, I think, to um, take this award uh, from him this week, I have to say, sorry Rob, but um, we can give out some other mentions now. Formal commendations, doffs to the cap if you like, for other players who have made us happy this week. And to be fair, two wins in a week, there are quite a number. Ruta, for example, getting some uh, some love from a variety of people. Oh, and somebody's indulging in the Wi-Fi joke that Moscow's been trying to propagate about Ruta Wi-Fi. It's, sorry, don't do that. That's another Dan who's doing that. Stop it. Wisconsin Todd described his passing as uh, pure sex. Yes. Which is fair. Yeah, absolutely fair. Good God, he is the true. He's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even getting any stick for his miss either, which was nice because I mean it was that was bad. Yeah, quite difficult though when to put a ball into a net when it's pinging at you. Not for mm. him maybe because he's a professional. But... And I mean he didn't need to do anything with it. Just need to let it hit him and not send it skyward. But you know, give him a break. Love for Somerville, Strout, uh, Farker, the little scum bastard. Kamara all gets mentioned. I do like how. Kamara just looks like a good player. Like mm. the way he just controls it and turns and passes the ball. It reminds me of like, do you know how you just see so many like championship cloggers who mm. just look like they don't know what to do with, with the ball? A bit like Rasmus Christensen, maybe. Whereas Kamara just looks like he knows what he's doing. You think, oh yeah, he's a good footballer. Is Rasmus not turning it around in Italy, is he not? His, um, he got 20 minutes at the weekend, came off the bench and 20 minutes was enough time for him to attempt 10 passes. Can you guess how many he completed? Is it? Is it none? Having seen him play, I'd say at best it was two. It was two. It was well, two. Okay. He had a 20% passing accuracy, old Rasmus. Uh, and I bet they. I bet if you go back and watch them, it's just like the winger managed to just about get a toe on it yeah. as he banged it down the line or something. <laughs> and it's gone up for a throw-in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Nothing happened after that, but it's like, oh, you you got your head on that. That's a completed pass. I'm I, having feel, that. I feel a bit bad picking on, you know, footballers because I think you've got to view him on a more human level these days, but he's just like, objectively not a good footballer is he yeah he keeps getting mentions in the email and I keep saying that it's getting to the point where I feel a bit bad now but he does keep doing it mm. so just stop maybe. at least but on, I mean to his credit at least he's able to get on the pitch on like Tyler Adams who came off the came on for like 10 minutes and now he's having another nice long break I hope he's enjoying his filthy money <laughs> also a shout for uh, Max Ferber who Munching Gladback sporting director again described him as a leader and a warrior and I uh, checked their result at the weekend and they drew two all with a team who had only one point all season prior to that so he's leading them to sort of bottom half same way he did, did yeah. us more or less although they are um, talking about making his move permanent now that's rumbled along again this week which is good I think uh, the Pony sporting up. director Pony up. said it takes as long as it takes 
but the point I make is that they've not kept a clean sheet in the league this season so I hope it doesn't take too much longer because they might start questioning <laughs> why that is uh, a doff of the cap going in the direction of the Lowfields child yeah Jez Jez nominated him for giving the wanker sign to one of the Bristol players when he picked up the ball for a throw <laughs> respect that's what you want to do teach him young in the family stand isn't it <laughs> start abusing those I'm pleased, every time I see cr- the crowd at Ellen Road doing stuff I'm really pleased we've not gone middle finger you watch Southern fans Far more, if, if you look at Arsenal Chelsea it's far more likely to be a middle finger is this the true north-south divide in this country Leeds it's always two fingers or wanker yeah and I think they're far superior although I did enjoy uh, was it it was the Luton away game wasn't it in the Bielsa first season I think when Pat Bamford scored was it mm. the double wanker sign that child gave him from the Luton away and so <laughs> it's, good. Know, it's somewhere around the Watford Gap middle of the country mm. area it can also it was a double anyway uh, any more mentions or doffs of the cap I mean, everyone played pretty well, didn't they? So there's just loads of nominations for players. The little scum bastard does actually get a fair few. Mm. And I think quite rightly pointing out that, you know, given the way he's, his, his various Leeds United transfers have gone, for him to still be here and playing well, it's credit to him. I'm still looking just very slightly puzzled whenever he does something <laughs> on the pitch, which I do love him, bless him. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's contributing this season and it's nice to see that. And, and you know, we've talked about that redemption, Alex, around other players and stuff and Feels like he's on a bit of a redemption arc this season by getting so many goal contributions. So good on him. Yeah, and he's almost the reverse of Sinistera, for example, because we binned him off last year, and he's come back and he's seemingly just quite grateful for it. It's a bit, it's a bit like the Byron thing, where it's like we're finally getting to see Dan James in the Championship, like Bielsa mm. always intended. It's like we're finally seeing Sam Byron like a competent, hopefully challenging team in the Championship. We're doing the same with uh, Dan James. Archie Gray, then. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of an open goal this week for that because he was just. He's just brilliant, isn't he? And it's backed up by backed up by the data. Big data. That's the TSB Plus members who've scored him out of 10. Reckon an 8.56 out of 10 for his fullback performance. So, hero of the week. Do for me. A beautiful way to sign off, I think, um, the jury this week. Praising a young man for his contribution to the football world rather than you know Keith Stroud that we opened this segment on basically doing damage to husbandry. Livestock. Yeah, so... Uh, no heroes and villains slash jury next week. <laughs> Might be getting shut down. Got to speak to Levi's solicitors, but we'll uh, we'll return with it after the break. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.